Welcome to the Housing Matters Podcast, brought to you by the California Association of Realtors and the Center for California Real Estate. Hello, and thank you for joining us for another Housing Matters Podcast. Your favorite data nerds are back with everything you need to know about the housing market and the economy. My name is Jordan Levine. I'm the Deputy Chief Economist here at CAR, and I'm joined by Oscar Way, our amazing Senior Economist and Director of Research. Hey, Jordan. How are you? Doing good. It's good to be back. I know we let this one go a little bit long, but this, I think, is our 76th episode, so we've been at this a while now. I know. It's been a while, and also, you know, we have been doing it for a while, and of course, a lot of things changed, and uh, we try to keep uh, everyone updated, but uh, I know from time to time, we might slow down a little bit, but hopefully, this is a good time to talk about, you know, the general economy as well as the housing market and we also want to talk a little bit about you know what's coming up with uh, reimagine right absolutely yeah so let's uh let's dive in actually first why don't we start with just a, a covid update because there i think there you know we're not out of the woods by by any means and and we've still got a a lot of healing left to do but the numbers do seem uh, encouraging, particularly here in in California, right? Oh yeah, definitely. It looks much better in California. Let's let's talk about the good news first. Let's talk about California. Yep. Now, yes, we do have a lot of cases. We 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 surpassed uh, eight hundred ten thousand cases. So that's a lot. Don't you know? Don't think it's you know we're over. But uh, you know the 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 good news is we have a lot of things that's kind of uh, coming down a little bit. For example, positivity rate. You know, it's come down to two point eight percent. Now, for people who might might be uh, you know keeping track or listening to us, at one point it was about seven percent. I think right. about a couple months ago, um, but we still have a lot of cases. Uh, it's been what uh, six months, seven months already, right? Yeah, it feels like six years, but I think it's been about six, seven months. But. Uh... Yeah, we see those deaths that have come down. We see the cases have come down. I guess we were averaging almost 16,000 new cases a day at one point back in uh, July, and that's fallen down into the low kind of 3,000 range. So again, uh, moving in the right direction, even though 3,000 is still, you know, obviously a lot of folks. Yeah, it's still a lot. I mean, of course, uh, yeah, we have to give ourselves, you know, some credits. We have been doing social distancing. We have been doing all that we could. I know, you know, uh, some of the small businesses suffered as well because of, you know, the closure. Uh, but think, it seems like we are improving a little bit, at least at the state level. Right. The, this national level, that may be some, uh, a little different. Yeah, so we are seeing some big, big milestones, right? We've gone over 200,000 deaths, I think, uh, the latest count was like 212,000 nationwide, which is just a, a staggering number of people. There's, you know, 7 million people that have, have contracted um, the virus, which is, you know, up 5 million or so just from a couple of months ago. I know. So, um, and that's know. pretty significant. And and I heard this morning, I saw it, I saw it on the news that, you know, some states of about like 25, 30 states actually have seen, uh, you know, number of cases rising again. So that's a little concerning. Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, even even as things move in the right direction here in California, you know, we can have things uh, upset by stuff that's beyond our control. You know, if there's a big outbreak in the rest of the nation or somewhere else, then it, it can impact us. But uh, so far, so good. And that that hopefully the worst of this is is behind us and that all these measures that we've taken, which have been 
um, so hard on the economy are, are starting to, to bear, bear fruit. And we see some of that kind of in, in the economic data, right? If you look at just the general kind of macro data that's come out over the course of the last two to four weeks, we have more kind of positive signs of encouragement, right? You see that in the unemployment rate. Yeah, I mean, those are, you know, unemployment rate is something that we looked at, you know, uh, a lot of time, of course, we look at GDPs too, but that's not going to come out until a few weeks later. But the unemployment rate seems a little bit better. I think the number, uh, the August number dropped to uh, uh, below double digit. It's dropped to 8.4%, which is pretty encouraging. Yeah, especially when, you know, from the standpoint of an economy that was at almost 15% unemployment, know. you know, four or five, five months ago. And so that's... Uh, uh, a real encouraging sign. And we know that the labor markets are, you know, economists like to nerd out on the labor markets, of course, just because that's one of our primary indicators. But for us in, in the housing sector, it really is important, right? Because as more folks are getting back to work, as their income starts to resume, um, then they can start to think about being consumers for, for real estate. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that will translate into retail sales. But before we get to that, you know, um, I think you and I discussed this before. Yes, we're seeing encouraging news, you know, seeing some job growth. But, you know, some of those uh, increase in jobs could be due to, you know, those people who are working temporarily for a couple months for the census, right? Right. Yeah. And I think that that's a, a, an important point, right? Because for me, underneath all of these uh, positive economic releases, there's also kind of some cautionary notes inside each one as mm -hmm. well. So, you know, job growth has slowed. So we only added uh, 1.3 million jobs back in August. And that was, um, you know, after adding almost 5 million jobs, I think, in, in June, right? And right. so uh, things are still getting better, but the pace of that improvement has slowed a lot. And as you note, Actually, I think 350,000 or so of those 1.3 million jobs that we added last month were, were as you say, for the, the census. And we know that those ones are, are a couple months stints that go away for sure. We know that no matter what. And so, you know, when you, when you kind of bake those in, what it means is that the private sector is growing by basically less than a million jobs in the most recent data. And so, again, we we don't want to panic, right? Things aren't moving in the wrong direction, but they're moving in the right direction much more slowly than they had been at the at the beginning of the, the kind of recovery period. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, the I think yesterday or today is October first, but yesterday was the last day to uh, was the deadline for the um, to complete the census twenty twenty. I think that might right. be you know, going into September. We'll probably see some slowdown in the job growth, at least in the government sector. But, you know, we also look at some other sectors as well, um, say, for example, you know, in the uh, uh, food services and uh, drinking places. Yep. Um, and also, you know, some of the places like uh, uh, leisure and hospitality uh, sector, you know, we still haven't seen a lot of improvement because, uh, you know, we need to keep, continue to practice social distancing. And um, that's a, a good way to, you know, kind of segue into, you know, the retail sales part of right. it. Yeah, because consumers have come back, and we know that consumers are a huge part. I mean, it's almost 70% mm -hmm. still of, of all GDP, and we do see that retail sales went up, right? They were up by yeah. uh, 0.6 percentage points or percent last month from the previous month, and we're now up on a year-to-year -year basis. So that means that we've you know kind of gotten back above those pre-crisis levels or gotten back to where we were uh, at this time last year, but there's still a lot of uh, healing left to do, right? So it's great to be 
to be selling stuff online. If you're Jeff Bezos, you're, you're <laughs> laughing all the right. way to the bank. If you own a small bar or restaurant, I think that the news isn't, isn't as, as positive, right? Because there's kind of this huge uh, dichotomy between those two sectors. It's very significant. I mean, I saw some some matrix before uh, that shows, I think, from UCLA that shows, okay, well, if you're in an area or in a sector where, you know, you have to uh, make personal contact with people, then, of course, it's going to take a lot longer, you know, right. to for the recovery. But if it is, you know, like you said, you know, online retailers, uh, you can just buy things online. That seems to booming, be booming quite a bit, you know, like 20 some percent from last year, which right. is pretty significant. Yeah. And so again, you know, more of this kind of mixed signal where yes, uh, employment is improving, unemployment is improving, retail sales are improving, but also still a long way to to go, right? We're still 11.5 million jobs behind that pre-recession peak. And you see the mm -hmm. same kind of story in consumer confidence, right? Because we had this kind of um, single largest increase in consumer, you know, in one month, the single largest monthly increase in consumer confidence in almost 17 years. And yet when you look at where we were in September compared <laughs> to the level of consumer confidence, even, you know, six months or a year ago, uh, we're still, you know, way behind in terms of making a, a full recovery. And so even as things have, you know, sometimes spectacular gains that really you know, are eye popping in terms of the size of the percentages. When you step back and look at it, there's still a long way to go on top of that. Yeah, there's still a lot of concerns. I think, uh, you know, of course, we, we still are concerned about, you know, what's going to happen with uh, additional federal assistance because, yep. you know, we did have some federal assistance, you know, a couple months ago, even as of, uh, you know, last few weeks, we, ha we continue to get some additional unemployment assistance. But, you know, that might actually dry out very, very soon if we actually don't have a new stimulus package coming in uh, maybe in the next month or so. Right. Yeah. And, 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 you know, we've really seen as bad as things have have been. I think, you know, if you go back and look at some of the forecasts that were done, not just by us, but by, you know, forecasting shops across the board six months ago, things were only about half as bad as what some of those worst case scenario forecasts were. GDP right. contracted by about 30%. But if you go back and look at some of the forecasts for March uh, or even early April, they were as high as, you know, a 60% contraction in in GDP. But I think a big part of the, the, the reason why it wasn't as bad maybe as some of those worst case scenarios is because the government really did step up in a major way. And so we still have uh, a big question mark about whether that's going to uh, continue. And if that starts to fall off, then obviously there will be um, Im implications for, for that. Absolutely. About, sorry, go ahead, Oscar. I didn't mean to jump in there. Oh, no, no worries. Now, of course, we still have a wild card. You know, we don't, I mean, even though in the past we analyzed the election results and we uh, kind of concluded that it may not have a significant impact on uh, home sales, uh, it could have an impact on a little bit on the economy, but it's still a wild card. And uh, I think uh, that's, uh, of course, another conversation that could take hours. Uh, but uh, right. that's another wild card that we have to look out for. And Definitely a lot of a lot of variables. The good news though is that so far the the housing market has been kind of the the mainstay, right? Our CEO Joel Singer said that in some ways housing is like the one and only V-shaped recovery <laughs> right. that's actually happening out there. And when we put out our our August sales and price report, we see that that, that kind of argument seems to be holding water. 
Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, the latest number that we have is August number, and uh, the August number shows really, really strong. In fact, you know, the August uh, seasonally adjusted number was 465, which actually was, you know, the uh, the highest that we have seen in more than 10 years. Right, which is just great. I mean, you know, we've been talking about that for a long time, how, you know, it seems like for the last decade, sales have basically been stuck at, you know, plus or minus 400,000. Maybe they go up to 420,000, right. maybe they're down at 390, but for the most part, haven't seen uh, a lot of growth. And so for um, us to hit, you know, not just two back-to-back -back months where we're back above 400,000 where we were before the, the kind of crisis, but to be, um, you know, at the highest levels that we've seen in a, a decade, despite the high levels of unemployment, the fact that we're still, you know, largely held hostage in our homes is, is just, I think, a testament to just the kind of structural shift that's happened where, you know, our homes are more important to us now as a result of this crisis than they've ever been before, on top of the fact that we're at basically all-time low levels for interest rates. You can go out and borrow money right. for less than 3%, and that is motivating a lot of folks as well. Absolutely. You know, the 3% is very, very crucial. Um, uh, it's, it's, it's basically translated into, you know, lower mortgage payment. Of, of course, uh, you know, with increase in, in price, it actually might affect interest rate payment. But you said it absolutely right. You know, people have a little bit more flexibility now. They can work from home and many people can work from home probably from this point on. Um, and so they need a bigger house and, and they can move to, you know, anywhere else. Uh, not necessarily like right next to their office. Right. Yeah. Which gives you a lot of options. And on that note, I mean, is it, are we just seeing growth kind of isolated to one? Is this just in the Bay area? Is this just, or is this something that we're, we're seeing kind of all over the state? Yeah. I mean, it's pretty much all over the state. Of course, there is one or two areas um, that, that actually did not uh, do very well in the last month or so, but it's because of, um, you know, some of the other factors, you know, some of the other factors that we probably should mention is, you know, the wildfires, you right. know, around the state. It affected a couple of counties, Santa Cruz, for example, and Butte counties, those were affected, you know, in August. Um, and of course, this, these are natural disasters that, you know, we can't really avoid and uh, might have something to do with climate change. Uh, but there are a lot of factors. Uh, but overall, you know, for the state as a whole, we're doing fine. Uh, plus, you know, what I said earlier, uh, people can move to other areas. So resort communities are doing very well, too, huh? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's interesting. I mean, we, at the regional level, even with, you know, those counties, those fire, fire ridden counties right now, notwithstanding, when you roll it up to the regional level, the Bay Area, the Central Valley, those numbers are positive, And we're seeing all major regions growing across the right. state. But when you zoom into those resort communities, and I think the ones that I just went and looked at um, yesterday, just for fun, I looked at uh, Big Bear, Lake right. Arrowhead, I looked at Palm Springs area, La Quinta, Indian Wells, um, and I looked at Lake Tahoe, Lake Tahoe, South Lake right? Tahoe. and every one of those markets was up by almost 100%. If they weren't up by 100%, it was like 95%, which means that there was more than twice as many closed transactions in August in these areas than there was at this time in 2019 when we were, again, just to remind ourselves, this time in 2019, we were basically at all-time low levels of unemployment. The economy was buzzing along. In right. fact, we were seeing some of the uh, economic indicators and housing market indicators start to accelerate, and yet twice as many home sales last month uh, in these crazy. markets as we had. Um, and so, again, I think that you know the, the 
the home is more important to us than ever. And, and so we see sales growing all across the state, but particularly in these areas that offer either, uh, you know, higher quality of life or a mix between quality of life and better affordability than some of our dense job right. centers um, are just doing very well now that, you know, again, homes are super important to us and we have the flexibility to, uh, to go for homes that might not be in, in the least affordable areas. And they could be even higher if not because of tight inventory too, huh? That's right. So inventory is, is the big concern. And honestly, when we talk about sales slowing down through, you know, the end of the year or be, you know, 2021 being a little bit slower, it's not because of buyer demand. In fact, you know, we think rates are going to stay pretty low and that the economy will get better, but we were down to, you know, two months of supply or a little bit less. And when you look at the active listings numbers, um, I think you told me they were down by 25% or more for the last eight months. I know. In, in a row. And so you can't sell um, what's not for sale. And I think that that is why, um, you know, we're more, more, kind of cautious about the outlook for sales over the next six months than we've seen over the last six months is is just, again, um, we don't have enough units to get these buyers into. Yeah, and you said 25%, you know, when we look at 25% for, you know, consistently for the last eight months, that's already, you know, shocking. But if you just take a look at the last couple months, it dropped you know, by 50% or so. So we're looking at just half the sales, half the listings that what we had last year, uh, but at yeah, the same in time, some markets, more. more than twice as many sales. It's crazy. I know. And that's the reason why I think, you know, that's the reason why we also saw, we also have uh, been, uh, been uh, seeing search and uh, home prices. Uh, right. home, search and home prices is, uh, we've talked about it. We, get, we set record new prices in the last few months, you know, continue to set new record prices. And uh, for the statewide median price, it surged past, past 700,000 already. It's just, uh, I mean, 700,000 is a median price. So this is the, you know, the highest that we've ever seen prices just for context. Mm -hmm. If you go back to, to 2005, six, seven, I think prices peaked at like 595 or almost 600, right. something like that. Mm -hmm. And so we're now way, way past that. It was, it was not just the level though, right? They're also growing fast. So that was like a, almost a 15% increase from, you know, where we were uh, at this time last year. So they're high and growing fast. It's growing really fast. 15% is unheard of. Usually at this time of the year, you know, uh, in August, it should be slowing down a little bit. You know, but of course, this year, the housing market, uh, the housing season get extended a little bit because we lost a couple months in April and May, but right. still, it got pushed out a little bit. We got a low interest rate below three. But the other factors that we've talked about, you know, uh, quite often is because there's a change in the mix of sales as well. Right. Yeah. And so we have seen, you know, and this this kind of makes sense when you interpret it through the lens of kind of uh, what's been dubbed the K-shaped recovery. But, you know, there's, mm. there's some folks out there who are, uh, have been relatively unaffected, at least financially, by by the crisis right we're able to work remotely our incomes have remained uh largely intact and and things like that but um you know the stock market has suffered a hit but then come back uh fairly right. fairly quickly to almost pre-crisis levels whereas if you work at a at a bar at a restaurant if you own a bar or a restaurant you're in a business owner in the service sector uh things have been 
uh, much more much more difficult. And as a result, what you see is that the luxury sector has come back much more quickly than the bottom end of the market. That's where uh, folks are doing better financially and also where more inventory is. But so I guess part of the increase in median price is due to just more home sales happening at the high end. But we're also seeing real honest to goodness uh, increases even at the bottom end. Yeah, I mean, we do. I mean, uh, uh, as a comparison for the high end, it went up. I think for two million, for example, uh, for August, it went up by seventy percent, which is unheard right. of. Yeah. That's pretty significant. Um, now let's let's look forward just a little bit. I know we have our uh, forecast probably in a couple of weeks, but look forward a little bit just uh, you know, and uh, to get an idea of what we can look forward to as far as price and sales are concerned. Now, based on pending sales numbers. It looks like we will probably still have a pretty good month for September, right? Yep. Yeah. And I think, you know, you can see the pending stayed pretty high through uh, August. And I think we're even up maybe by double digits. I forget the exact percentage. Yeah, like pendings 20 were, some percent. Yeah. So pendings were strong. But, uh, you know, when you when you kind of dive into the weekly data, what it looks like is that things could uh, potentially start to peter out, right? That the inventory issue isn't going away. So we had, um, you know, in the in the weekly data, which runs right through last week, which is basically that final week of September, as we sit here and record this, we could see that, um, you know, new listings continue to dwindle. We had a, a slight increase in, you know, the last couple of weeks, but overall for the last two and a half, three months, the number of new units that we're putting onto the MLS every day has largely been either flat or, or falling. And so, um, you know, all of this you know, significant increase in home sales that we saw and reported on for August and just kind of walked you through is coming basically out of our existing inventories, right? We're not replenishing those with a bunch of new listings. And so what we've seen is that, you know, while new listings have been basically stagnant for the last three months, that now we're starting to see for the last month and a half or so that pending sales have, have started to fall down. And so the numbers for pendings in August and and even into September suggested that, you know, that the September number and maybe even October will be pretty good. It, it suggests that we're going to see that extended buying season start to cool off as we get into uh, November and December at the least, just because, again, not for the lack of buyers, but with these new listings going down and all these homes being sold, it doesn't leave a lot left on the shelves for the remaining buyers. Yeah, I mean, with the gradual decline, I think it will be a little bit more gradual. I, I, I would say, you know, probably we, we can still see September up from last year a little bit, maybe not as strong as, you know, what we saw in August, but then it's gradually tapering off. Um, I mean, hey, you know, we, we, we have been enjoying an extended home buying season already. So, you know, eventually things will actually slow down and it may slow down, you know, in the next couple of months or so. Uh, Price-wise, probably will also slow down, but I still see an increase uh, on a year-over-year -year basis on right. prices, right? Because of the mix of sales change, and you know, Absolutely. we still have 3% interest rates. Rates are still low, and that's going to keep the foot on the accelerator from a buyer standpoint. And I think that um, you know, it's it's a kind of nuanced argument to make, but it's it's an important distinction because I think in all of these areas, we're not necessarily saying that things are going to move in the wrong direction, right? But we just see the growth in sales decelerating. That we're not going to enjoy this, you know, twenty and thirty percent month over month growth 
for forever. So things are, are going to continue, hopefully, to move in the right direction on both sales and prices, but probably we can expect it to, to do so at a slightly slower pace. Yep, I agree. I agree. Now, of course, we we kind of went over what's going to happen for the rest of the year. For 2021, though, um, in order to find out what's going to happen in 2021, we have to wait for Reimagine, the um, annual expo for CAR, right? Yep, that's right. And it's just around the corner. So we are putting all the final touches on, but there's just like an amazing lineup of speakers. Leslie, our boss and chief economist is going to be delivering her uh, forecast on what's going to happen and, you know, kind of a year in review. There's kind of big names all over. It's free to to attend for all car members and these are really like the the top-notch speakers including myself um, but more seriously wow. people like uh tom ferry and just all of those big heavy hitters that i know you guys will get a lot out of is there a website that they can go to at car.org to sign up because absolutely i believe free, but you got to sign up yeah absolutely it's free and you have to find sign up i believe it is uh give me one second let me just take a look while we chat a little bit now i know you are also involved with um you know an econ panel as well right that's right so if you're uh if you're a glutton for punishment and you really want to know <laughs> um not just what what i think but we have some amazing economists coming from uh all over the state and in fact the nation and and with specific roots at car so i'm going to be joined by uh robert kleinhans of kleinhans economics and selma hep from core logic and we're going to be kicking around pretty much all of the burning questions that you have about your business for next year. What's gonna happen with interest rates? What's the Fed gonna do? When is unemployment gonna get back to normal? Should we expect a big wave of foreclosures and pretty much everything in between? So it's gonna be a lot of fun and, and just a, a ton of really good educational events and you know things that will help you hopefully navigate the broader environment and get specific tips for your own individual business. That's great. That's great. That's a lot of questions to answer. Now, I just pull up the um, the, the website, but uh, before we actually give you the website, uh, the the conference is going to be as as Jordan said, you know, virtual, and it's going to be from October twelfth to October fourteenth. And you can actually, you know, you can go on the CRA website and you can you know type in reimagine, but you can directly go to the website www reimagineexpo.org. So R E I M A g-i-n-e-e-x-p-o.org and you can get a lot of the information there yep and see the whole lineup of speakers and the schedule so that you know which events you you want to attend there's all kinds of prizes and raffles and so uh in addition to getting a lot of tools for your business it should also just be a lot of fun and so uh i look forward to the opportunity to nerd out with you at the forecast at the uh, econ panel and, and more than anything else, thank you so much for listening to our 76th episode of the Housing Matters podcast. Um, Oscar, if we didn't miss anything, I think we could probably leave it there. Yep, I think we covered much everything and I hope to see everyone at Reimagine. All righty, well, thank you guys so much and we'll see you on the next one. Bye-bye.